We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to The Uncontested an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you download your pods and at bluewirepods.com. This is Jacob and today, this Monday afternoon, uh, I have Nick with me. Nick, what's up? How are you? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Nick is uh, is currently driving south on I-35, headed back home to Dallas after being at Thunder Media Day all day. So we figured we would drop you guys like a little bit of a bonus episode, and we would just hop on here and talk about kind of Nick's experience at Media Day today, the players he got to talk to, what all the players had to say, kind of the vibe around the team uh, as Media Day is now over. Training camp begins Tuesday morning, and we'll be back with you guys with another podcast later in the week talking a little bit about training camp. And then next week, we have actual games to talk about. Preseason games, uh, eight days away, Nick. It's almost here. So I guess let's just let's start off because I've never been to Media Day. Uh, none of the people from the Uncontested have ever been to Media Day. You are the first. Congratulations. You have broken our virginity. And uh, <laughs> so will you just kind of – I because me personally, I'm curious, and I'm sure people who are listening are curious – just kind of what – how does Media Day operate? What what was it like? Um, what did you get to do? Uh, how does the whole process work, et cetera? Just kind of run us through it. Yeah, so and, and like you said, I'm I'm driving down 35 right now, so I apologize for any background noise. Um, but basically – As long as we don't hear know, your car like freaking crash into like the an overpass or something and the audio cut out, I think we're okay. 
Yeah, that, that's bad juju. I wish you wouldn't have said that. I'm uh, knocking on wood right now. Yes. Um, so, I mean, essentially, uh, you show up, you get signed in. They give you a nice little meal. Uh, this year they had some hot dogs and some cookies and just some small little things to snack on before we got started. And then from there, it's kind of a, kind of a free-for-all. So there's no really agenda as a, as a media member. You kind of go around where you want to go. Um, they've got, you know, 20 plus different stations, you know, all the, all the different news stations and TV broadcasts and, and some of the larger groups that cover the team have their own actual booth and they, they, they call those stations and, and, uh, the players have a schedule they follow. They go around to those different booths. Um, some of the, some of the different booths on their schedule may include, um, a radio interview. It may be, uh, the NBA, um, photo booth where they're actually taking their headshots for the NBA website. They've got, of course, in the actual, um, you know, the center of the arena where they play, where the, where the court usually is. Um, it was dark. They had some strobe lights and that's where they kind of filmed the, um, the players doing their little dance moves and holding the basketball, all of that, um, kind of media stuff for the hype videos and the, uh, starting lineups and things like that. Um, but for the most part, um, where most of us kind of congregated there in that main um, interview room where there's typically media availability before and after games like regular. Um, they, they sorted through each individual player. They had, uh, depending on the player, maybe five or ten minutes at a time, they'd come in, um, field uh, a variety of questions, answer all those questions, and from there um, they'd go to the different booths and, and do the different things they needed to do. So um, from my point of view, I was in that – main interview room most of the time I did a little bit of walking around and it, it's kind of a weird experience you know being my first media day you're you're walking the tunnels and you know guys like Steven Adams and Chris Paul and some of these other guys are just walking in the same tunnel as you and they they walk up right behind you and it's the you know strike a casual conversation it's just it's kind of a weird vibe but you you get to see you know these guys are more than just players you see on the court they all have personalities uh, they were all very, very loose, very outgoing. It wasn't a, a serious media day. It wasn't one of those where they were answering every question in, in a serious tone. And the questions that were being asked were very, um, you know, crucial questions to answer. It was it was pretty lighthearted. And you got to see another side of these guys. Um, and especially with the, with the new roster, it was cool to see some of the personalities we'd never seen before. For sure. So so you stayed in the main interview room for, for most of the day, you said. Did you get the chance to like, obviously the uncontested, like didn't have a station set up where people could come down and sit down and talk to you. Uh, but did, did you get any chances to sit down and talk to any players like one-on-one -on -one, or was your only interaction, uh, at least on, on the record interactions, uh, just in that main interview room? Yeah. As far as, um, you know, on the record interactions, I had, I had a couple, you know, side conversations with, with some of the guys, mostly unrelated to basketball, just, you know, small talk in the hallways, like I mentioned, but I, I did get a chance to, to step aside and get some one-on-one -on -one time with Lou Dort. Um, he's, he's a guy that I, I really think could help this team this series on a two-way contract, but with his athleticism and I think with the frame he has, the kind of defense he could play um i just kind of wanted to pick advantages. I'll, I'll definitely um drop some of those uh, responses both in articles and you know on our uncontested page you can hear the audio um but he's excited to play he's a guy that 
grew up um, a fan of Russell Westbrook. Uh, I wouldn't really models his game after Russell Westbrook, but he has has a similar body type. He's an explosive guy. Um, I think he, like I said, I think he's going to be a real force on the defensive end once he gets um, his feet kind of wet in the NBA. I think I think his his ceiling. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be this kind of guy, but he reminds me a lot of, of a Marcus Smart, and that has been a comparison we've seen. Um, you know, several people nationally um, uh, bring up and mention. Nice. So, so that's pretty cool that you got to to one on one with him. I'm hoping that since I'll be at the Blue Games this year, that I will, and he's on two way contract, that I'll also get that opportunity to to kind of talk to Lou throughout the season as well. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, so, so was he the only one that that you got on the record one on one with? Yeah. So for the most part, um, if you want one on one time with the guy. Uh, you, you had to set it up beforehand. That's that's one of the only guys I, I reached out to and inquired about. I, I genuinely was curious and hearing some of his answers. I've been watching him, you know, even in college before he was a guy that the Thunder were looking at. He, he's a guy that I watched in college and was very intrigued by. I uh, had a couple articles prior to the draft and I, I considered him a second round steal. He ended up going undrafted, um, but he was he was very gracious today and in several of his interviews saying that, you know, as soon as as soon as he got that call from the thunder he he loved the fit immediately and knew it was a place he could call home and um you know he's excited to be here and and outside of that i didn't get any you know one-on-one time most of those guys are like i said going station to station so i didn't want to you know pull them aside and get them off schedule but um you know overall there's a sense of um i don't know the right wording this team i mean they, they they think they can be good you know a lot of fans around the league and, and nba guys in general are saying that you know, the Thunder have had a drop in talent and they're not going to be as good this year and they're rebuilding. And, you know, from talking to these guys today, I mean, they still think they can be competitive. And, and even without, you know, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, uh, there really seems to be, you know, both in what the front office has said and what the players have said, there seems to be a sense of like, you guys are counting us out. And, and, and until you until you see us play, there's no reason to discount what we can do. Nice. I like that. So before we get on, because I want to talk a lot about these the the players coming into that interview room and kind of the interactions and and some of their questions and answers and and kind of what we read into that uh before we get there though when you're selling online getting your orders out can be a real pain uh time consuming expensive so many carriers to choose from how do you know you're making the best choice that's when you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, manage, making them really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. 
There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free car- your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click at the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in the code BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and then use the offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, Nick. So it seemed like the first person up today was Chris Paul. And, you know, there's the trade talks, the the speculation, the stuff with Miami, that does he actually want to be here, yada, 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 yada. Uh, just what, what are some insights that you took away from listening to Chris Paul talk today? Uh, I know he, he name-dropped a lot of, like, Oklahoma City references from his time being here. God, what feels like forever ago now, over 10 years ago now. Um, you know, dr- name-dropping, and God, was it 15 years ago that he was here? Jeez, it would have been 14, maybe? Yeah, God, time flies, man. Um, so I know he was, like, mentioning places like Charleston's and Edmond and just trying to hit these Oklahoma City buzzwords, which I thought was just is kind of funny. Uh, but but what are some of your insights from hearing Chris Paul today? Yeah, that's a good question. So I wasn't sure what to expect from him. You know, what kind of um, you know answers he would have today at media day. And, and quite frankly, I hadn't watched a whole lot of him off the court doing interviews in the past. And I I was surprised how lighthearted and how. Um, you know, he genuinely enjoyed to be there. He had mentioned, um, you know, Presti had been out to visit him in California and he had visited Oklahoma a couple of times since the trade. And they were very transparent about, you know, should he get traded? Should he stay? And, you know, of course, of course, it's media day and he's, he's talking to, to all these media members. And he's, he's just like most of these guys, he's going to give us the answer we want to hear. Um, but there was a sense of him being, you know, truly genuine talking about, you know, being in Oklahoma City was his first time, um, you know, being outside of home, you know, after getting drafted and, and coming here and playing, um, kind of, you know, maturing as a man and, and being with just his brother here in Oklahoma City the first time around. And now that he's here for the second time, he said his family's not living here, um, but they are going to come visit quite a bit. So it's a lot different being here, you know, as a, an 18, 19 year old guy with your brother versus being a 34 year old, uh, you know, kind of enjoying Oklahoma city with your family. So, um, what, one thing that stuck out in, in his interview, he just kept saying like, man, I, I just love to hoop. There's nothing better than hooping. I just want to hoop. So it seems like he really is okay with the fact that he's here in Oklahoma city. He probably knows that, you know, the, the writings on the wall that he could and may very well be traded at some point in the next um, you know, couple of months into February at the trade deadline. And, and I think until then, he, he really is okay being here. He doesn't seem to be disgruntled by any means. He, he really just said, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hooping. There's nothing better in this world than hooping. Nice. So we've heard a little bit about Chris Paul's new diet. He's gone vegan uh, in an attempt to, you know, kind of preserve his body uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know the science and the, the nutritionists and everyone has these opinions on like, should you go with a, an all meat diet or should you go a vegan diet or, or whatever for professional athletes. But Chris Paul, isn't the only player now on the roster that has gone vegan. What, who, who is the other guy? Was it Andre Robertson? 
Yeah, I think it was Robertson. Um, that's one of the things he changed in his regimen as far as coming back from injury. Um, he said after that first setback, he was trying a bunch of different things. And then whenever, uh, I guess, Chris Paul talked to him about the the uh, the new diet, he hopped on board and said, you know what, might as well give it a try. And it was funny uh, when, when Stephen Adams came to the podium, uh, one of the first questions he was asked was his thoughts on it because he's – uh, you know, the guy that had the commercial for, for crushing steaks. And yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny how, it, you know, back to back to back, it was like the, the vegan diet, the steak guy, and then another vegan diet. That's hilarious. And then I guess Ferguson said he has not gone vegan, but he would consider it. So yeah, I think that's funny. That's so on brand for Steven Adams. That is so on brand for Steven Adams. I, I just find it, uh, I find that pretty funny. So, Speaking of Steven Adams, let's transition to him real quick. Uh, I found I found and so I didn't get to watch the interviews today. Uh, I just kept up with the quotes via Twitter. But I found some of the stuff that Adams said to be really interesting. Uh, he seemed a, on a lot of his answers to kind of allude to we have a responsibility to this city. We represent these people. Uh, come out and play our best, and how it's an honor to play for Oklahoma City. And the vibe I kind of got from that was, number one, it, it kind of seemed like he was just thankful that he's still here, uh, especially after all the, the trade speculation over the summer. Uh, what did you kind of read into that? And and are there any other quotes or anything from Steven that you thought kind of stood out? Yeah, so Steven's a, an interesting guy. And, and every time I listen to him talk off the court, I, quite frankly, I'm just kind of blown away with how smart he is and how, how deep his answers are and, and, you know, how intellectual he really is as a, as a person, like his answers are not the typical, you know, whenever you ask a guy a question, you could probably guess one of three answers he's going to give. Like he gives real, like genuine answers. And I think uh, to your point on him talking about, you know, owing it to this city and, and being thankful and he even touched on, you know, how impressive it's been that, a team in such a small market like Oklahoma city thunder have been this significantly, you know, significantly bringing in all these different players year after year after year, you know, most of the time through trade, but being consistently good over this many seasons, you know, the, the thunder have made the playoffs. I want to say 10 to the last 11 years. Um, that's pretty impressive for a market of this size. And I think that, you know, Steven Adams, you know, understands how, impressive that is and i think he just he, he really is grateful to be a part of such a uh, a great small market organization he's not in new york he's not in la where he's you know just another guy and there's there's all these other celebrities like i think he genuinely enjoys being in oklahoma city and and uh you know he, he was saying all that stuff from the heart very nice so let's just keep just hopping around here because that comment you just made he's not in la he's not in new york was something that danilo gallinari I guess specifically mentioned this isn't New York, this isn't LA, uh, and he said this is a place where you can just really focus on your job and focus on your craft, which to me just said there's nothing to do in Oklahoma City. Um, <laughs> but we know Gallinari is probably out for greener pastures. We know he's probably going to get traded. He wants to be in a larger city. Uh, what kind of vibe did you get from him today? He... I mean, for good reason, I feel like he's a little um, confused on, you know, he had a couple questions about what his role may be, you know, what he expects to, 
how he expects to fit on this roster. And, and the question that you're bringing up, um, that, that he, he was asked specifically, like, you know, after playing in New York and L.A., what is it like coming to Oklahoma? And, and I don't know, you know, what was aired on TV or people were watching or listening, but what was interesting to me, and, you know, people ask me that question all the time and they never mentioned Denver. He was like, Denver is my, was my favorite city to live in. He was like, I was there for a really long time and, and people, you know, never ask about Denver. And, and that's when he brought up, you know, smaller market cities like Oklahoma City, whenever you are playing here, you know, whether he meant there's nothing to do or he truly means that you can focus on basketball. I think that just goes to show that playing in a, in a city like New York or LA, there really is all these different distractions. And I don't know if that was a, um, you know, a rip against Oklahoma City or if that was him being genuine and saying, you know, there is this distractions out there and I feel like I can really focus on the game here in Oklahoma City um but as far as you know how I inferred he feels about being in Oklahoma City it's really hard to say he he wasn't the most enthusiastic in his answers I don't know if that's his personality or if he just you know doesn't want to be here it's hard to say but he definitely was one of the more um confusing guys that, that was on the podium today as far as his answers and the way he answered the questions it's hard to get a read on him interesting um, okay, let's jump to another guy, uh, Terrence Ferguson. I know he talked a little bit about kind of going into his third year and you know possible role change for him, uh, making that third year jump and not having guys like Russ and PG who are ball-dominant guys on the team anymore where he just has to spot up in the corner. Um, can you just kind of touch on what Ferg talked about, what he had to say, um, especially when it comes to what he expects from himself uh, actually on the basketball court this season. Yeah, and that's that question that was asked about his, his third-year jump um, was asked in reference to Paul George mentioning he made that big jump after year three, uh, which is which is kind of funny because that was actually one of the questions I was I was going to ask Terrence today if I had the opportunity was because a lot of guys have that, that big jump in year three, and I was going to ask, you know, what kind of things has he felt he's improved on this summer, and does he think he's going to have that big third-year jump? And I think – his answer to the question hit the nail on the head. He mentioned, I, I'm not going to have the luxury of being a guy that can just spot up on the wing and, and hit these open threes when guys double and triple team uh, superstar like Paul George or Russell Westbrook. He talked about, I'm going to have to put the ball on the floor, um, get better with the ball in my hands. And I think, you know, if you watch any Thunder basketball at all, that's, that's very obvious. That's one of the things he needs to work on uh, along with playing defense without fouling. But sounds to me like he knows exactly what he needs to be working on and he spent some time this summer um I don't know what all it may have entailed whether it be just you know dribble moves or or creating his own shot but it sounds like a personal goal of his is really just focusing on being able to to make things happen with the ball in his hands rather than than having to to be reactive and and wait for the ball to be distributed to him so I I, that's important to look forward to uh I I think when you look at, at Hamadou Diallo um you hope similar things for him he's a guy that you'd like to see be better with the ball in his hands and and I think you know Ferguson and Diallo both have um that to work on it sounds like at least for Ferguson that's something he's really focused on this summer nice yeah um I think it's very like you said it's very clear that that's something that Ferg needs to work on I also think we'll get kind of a view of that pretty soon because you typically see players really stepping out of their comfort zone and trying things in preseason, uh, whether that's them just wanting to step out of their comfort zone or the coaching staff pushing them to that. But I think we may start seeing that 
as early as a week from now at their first preseason game. Uh, you, you mentioned Hamadou Diallo there. I didn't really keep up with much of what Hami had said today. Uh, so, so just kind of what are your feelings? How, how did he come off? Uh, what did he talk about? And, um, and, and what was just the overall feel for Hami? You know, I, I actually didn't get to see his interview. That was whenever I was having my one-on-one with Lou Dort. Um, so I, I personally didn't get to see what Hami had to say. But, but before, before we move on, I had one more note about Ferguson. Okay. Um, and and this, this question was, was, if I'm not mistaken, asked both ways. So someone asked Ferguson, you know, what his expectations were looking back at being a bench player until – Robertson had that injury and then stepping in as a starter eventually um, with Robertson coming back um, and, and Robertson was asked the same question, you know, where do you see your role? You were a starter before you got hurt. And, and that's an interesting question because the, the way Robertson talked, he, you know, word for word said, you know, it's training camp. I'm full go. So it sounds like he's ready to go. He sounds very confident. They asked, you know, do you feel like you're hundred percent? Do you feel like you're going to be able to defend at that elite level? And without hesitation, he said, yeah, I do. Like he, he seems very comfortable, ready to go. I think that him not coming back at all last season was, was really just him deciding, Hey, I want to make sure I'm fully healthy and I can come back hundred percent next year. So I'm curious, you know, we'll see a little bit of this in the preseason and, and into the start of the regular season. I'm curious to see, who gets that starting two guard position and, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be in there too. It's going to be, you know, people talk about the point guard log jam. You got to think about with Chris Paul starting at point guard and wanting to get Shea those minutes, you know, where's Terrence Ferguson and, and Robertson going to get their minutes. Obviously you can push Robertson to the three. Uh, Ferg could play some three as well, but it, it's going to come down to um, another log jam there at the two guard position as well. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we talk about Robertson, now that you've mentioned him multiple times, I really want to get into him. Um, so Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Uh, guys just look better in custom fit suits. It's it's just a fact. So Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. You choose your fabric, you pick your customizations, and you submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, the shipping is free. That's Indochino.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Go to Indochino.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE for your $30 off plus free shipping. All right, Nick, so let's talk Andre Robertson real quick since you had mentioned him a few times just there. He came out and he said, like you like you mentioned, quote, I am full go for the season. 
he did say that he, you know, was going to have to knock off some rust and, and still kind of work his way back, which is interesting because I don't know if you caught this, but last week at, I guess it was at Elemental Coffee, I think, whenever the, the Thunder did a, a, a public event, Nerlens Noel was asked about, is Andre Robertson participating in like your, your guys' voluntary workouts and five-on-fives? And Nerlens said, quote, I don't think I'm allowed to answer that. And then the way Sam Presti talked about, uh, not about Nerlens, but about Andre last week seemed like he said things like, we hope to get him some minutes during the preseason. And he should be good to go, should be, not is, he should be good to go for training camp. So there's... To me, it feels like it's still a little bit up in the air on this guy. Did you get that vibe from him at all today, or did it seem 100% like there are absolutely no limitations? He's cleared for any and all basketball activities. So, his so the, the Nerlens comment didn't mean a whole lot to me. You know, he was just making sure he didn't say something he shouldn't. Um, and Sam Presti, you know, his comments. I don't know if that was a they were really close to knowing an answer or, and don't, don't quote me on this. Cause I'm not saying this is what it was, but maybe it was more of a, you know, Dre's been through all of this over the past, you know, 600 plus days, you know, he deserves to, to break the news himself, maybe some kind of thing, because when he walked in that media room, I don't know if it's because he knew exactly what questions were going to be asked or, or what it was, but he had this big grin on his face and he looked over it some of the thunder PR guys, like it just, it just looked like there was something he knew and, and he knew what kind of questions he was going to be asked. And, and it almost felt like he was about to break the news that he was good to go. In my opinion. And that that's not fact. That's just kind of the way I looked at it. He, he walked in with a different look and a different feel than everybody else. And as soon as the first question was fired at him on, you know, how are you feeling is when he gave that answer of, you know, I'm a full go. And he, and he had confidence and, he, he was smiling and happy the whole time. You could almost just tell, like, this was a long time coming. He's been waiting. He's been asked this question for the last year and a half. How are you? When are you going to be back? How are you feeling? And it, and it just kind of seemed like this is finally the time. I've been dreaming about this day for the last X amount of months. I can finally sit here and genuinely say I'm good to go. Nice. So, Nick, switching gears a little bit from Andre, what about Dennis Schroeder? So I know there was – some comments today about there being like three pretty high tier point guards on the roster and, and how they're going to manage all three of those. And, you know, the mention, I think Billy mentioned possibly playing all three together, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, but, but what all did Schroeder have to say today? So yeah, you, you, you're right on that. And so before Schroeder took the stage, a couple people before him was Billy Donovan, who was asked, you know, you've got these three, pretty good point guards that you could you could play at any given time like is there any thought process on how you're going to get all these guys minutes and utilize them all and he said at a lot of times two of those guys will be playing if not at sometimes all three of them at once which was interesting because Schroeder brought up a similar point without being directly asked that same question and most people, I think, look at that situation as, you know, negative. Like, we've got too many point guards. It's a log jam. And the way Schroeder kept talking about it, talked about how it was a positive thing, how if all three of them are on the floor together, they got three guys that can bring the ball up. They got three guys that can facilitate an offense. They got three guys that can 
you know, work the ball around and really get a good shot. So he looked at it in a positive way. Um, again, it's media day, so of course he's not going to sit up there and say, man, there's too many point guards. I'm not going to get the playing time I want. But, you know, he looked at it in a positive way. And something he mentioned, which I'm going to have to go do some research on because I'm not, you know, an expert in in uh, international basketball. But, but Dennis Schroeder had mentioned that um, some of his German national teams he's played for, uh, they have a tendency to play multiple point guards like that one time. And it works really well, and, and it's something that, that he sees, you know, bringing the Thunder success based on, having three guys that can handle the ball, making, you know, our pace of play. Uh-oh, do we lose you? Billy really Donovan bringing oh. it up, and then Dennis Schroeder bringing it up after that. Okay, nice. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, sorry, we lost you for just a second there, but but it's okay. We'll good. forgive you. We uh, Again, to our listeners, Nick is on I-35 driving home from Oklahoma City, so uh, if there's a, a few parts where he cuts out here or there, uh, uh, we'll cut him some slack this time. So... I think that's fascinating because I honestly don't know how you get all three of those guys on the court and don't just hemorrhage points defensively. So it'll be interesting to see when Billy employs that and how he does it and in what circumstances. That's going to be a fascinating little wrinkle that I think they're going to toy with throughout the season. Uh, two more guys I want to touch on. Let's go with Lou Dort next because you had the one-on-one with him and got to really sit down and just talk to that dude. Uh, just kind of talk about what 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 all did you ask him first off? What was his responses like? What what kind of dude was he? Uh, I think we and you mentioned kind of back earlier in this that you thought he gets some comparisons to like Marcus Smart. And you thought that was that was kind of pretty accurate. But how did just the the one on one interview process with him go? Uh, like were you guys in like your own separate room? Um, was it awkward? Like just, just kind of walk us through that. Cause you know, I think a lot of people that listen to this, we've never really like had a one-on-one with an NBA player before. Yeah. So it wasn't in a separate room. It was just kind of in one of those hallways. I had, you know, a scheduled time to speak with him. So uh, I was able to pull him aside. Uh, he's definitely uh, more of a timid guy. He wasn't um, like his responses, he, he's not, you know, his, his tone of voice wasn't super loud. He didn't project uh, his, his voice very much. You could tell he's more of a timid guy, but, but the way he plays on the court, that surprised me because he's a high energy guy. He's a guy that, you know, likes to get the crowd going. He's a high flyer. He, he likes those big, you know, playmaker type plays. Um, so it was cool to see that, that kind of soft side of him. But as far as the questions I asked, you know, you can go watch film. You can see the things he's good and bad at. So I was more interested, you know, in him as a person, kind of what his goals are, um, you know, kind of his, his draft process. And you know, I touched on this earlier, but but he's just so thankful to be here. Um, after not getting his name called, it was pretty discouraging. But, you know, getting that call from the Thunder after going undrafted, um, I think I think it was really good for his confidence. He's very, very excited to be here. He's obviously on a two-way contract. Um, when, when I asked him, you know, what are your goals? Do you have any, you know, personal goals for this upcoming season? He just kept saying, you know, I just want to learn as much as I can. I want to absorb as much as I can um, and kind of just learn the game. And, and I think that's 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 relevant because if you look back at, you know, his basketball career, he's not a guy that's been playing basketball since he was, you know, five years old. He picked up the ball a little later than some others. Uh, he's a one-and-done guy at Arizona State. 
Um, so he, did, he doesn't have all that college experience. So he's definitely a guy that I think is more of a raw prospect. And I think that's really what intrigued the front office when they signed him to that that uh, two-way contract after being undrafted is like, and, and, and I've watched him on TV a bunch in college, like I mentioned, and he's a physical specimen that you would not believe in person. Like even after watching him on TV, seeing, you know, how, how big of a guy he is and how athletic he looks on TV, like until you see him in person, it's, it's, it's almost like jaw dropping. Like this guy has an NBA ready frame. He's got length. He's got, you know, he's, he's got the weight on him where he can, he can defend some guys that are even bigger than him. I look at him as a guy that can defend honestly the one through four. There's quite a few power forwards in this league that are those undersized power forwards. And I think he's got the strength that he can even uh, hold his own against some of those fours. Nice. So, and you just mentioned, I forget that he's from Arizona state. Uh, Thunder have had luck with guys from Arizona state before. So they, they have. And, and matter of fact, uh, he was the highest rated Arizona state basketball recruit since James Harden. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, let, let's close this bad boy out, and we, we saved, I think, kind of the the biggest guy we wanted to talk about for last, which is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So will you just talk about j- just the whole experience of sh- really Shea, I guess this is his second time with the media here in OKC, but just what you saw from him, what you heard from him, what type of vibe you got from him, uh, uh, who is this dude, and, and what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, we've all heard from him several times, you know, even before today, they've been doing features on him, doing some one-on-ones with him. So I, th- I think we've got an idea of, of, you know, what kind of guy he is, how excited he is to play alongside a guy like Chris Paul, how he really feels that, you know, although he had a great rookie season, he's still got a lot to prove and it's going to be a much different scene here in Oklahoma City than it, than it was in LA playing for the Clippers. Uh, I think playing under a guy like Pat Beverly actually started over Pat Beverly. So I guess just playing alongside a guy like Pat Beverly last year and seeing what it really takes to be an elite level defender, I think is something that was crucial for him as a rookie. And and you can see he's got, you know, super long arms. He's a guy that I think is going to be another great defender. It's kind of a theme that I've noticed on a lot of these guys that the, the Thunder have drafted and, and acquired over the past couple of years are guys that really have a lot of defensive upside and Seeing him in person today, you know, I mentioned Lou Dort was a super, you know, physical looking athlete in person, whereas Shea, you know, he's, he's still really, really skinny, but seeing him in person, he's, he's got a lot of muscle definition and he really is starting to fill out that jersey a little bit. You know, I, I wouldn't go to say he's a, he's a, a jacked dude by any means, or, or he's going to be bodying people, you know, in the NBA well, he's put, he's put some time in the weight room, and he's he's going to be a little more explosive, I think, this year than he was last year. I think that he's a guy that putting the work in this summer, you know, and improving his body um, is going to be something really, really big for him because we've seen the talent he has. We've seen the on-court ability he has as far as seeing the floor and, and building a, being a facilitator. I think that next step for him is really just filling out that body and and and, you know, not having that skinny college guy frame. Yeah, I'm. I got a lot of hope for that kid, man. I think he's gonna be good. I I think he's he's definitely the the point guard of the future. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Chris Paul or not. I think this guy is gonna get a lot of run this year. And and in in I mentioned this to you earlier, you know, off the air, just just seeing him walking around the Chesapeake Energy Arena today, 
he's just got kind of an aura to him. You know, he's one of those guys that he's only 19, 20 years old, but, but everywhere he walked, it was like all heads were turned to him and, and people radiated to him. And he's, he carries himself in a way that, and, and if you follow him on social media or see any interviews he's done before, he's got, he's got that really unique style like Westbrook. And he's, he's got that, that personality and that swagger, the way he carries himself, that confidence. And I'm not saying by any means he's the next Russell Westbrook or he, his game's going to be like Russell Westbrook or his personality, but just his persona and the aura around him and the way people radiate to him, I think he's going to be a natural leader. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a guy that, that the Thunder can build around for years to come. Awesome. That's good to hear. I'm so excited. Uh, well, we will get to see these guys on the court in eight days. Uh, actually, up in Tulsa is the first one, so so it'll be fun. Nick, any other thoughts about Media Day before we get out of here? Um, yeah, just kind of a side note. Um, just from looking at the team this year, you know, walking around, seeing some of these guys, and, and I'm not saying that these, this is the most talented group of big men that we've had in the past, but as far as like true big men, like guys that are really, really big, almost seven foot guys, we're a pretty big roster. You know, in years past, we've thrown out power forwards like that are undersized, like Jeremy Grant, you know, Carmelo Anthony playing guys like Paul George and Andre Robertson at the stretch four. Um, you know, we, we've always kind of rolled out a smaller four. And, and if you look at the lineup this year, we've got, you know, obviously Nerlens and Steve are big guys. Um, you've got Justin Patton, who's, who's a true seven feet tall. Muscala, if, if he's not seven foot tall on the, on the program this year, I'd, I'd venture to say he's probably a true seven foot. You got guys like Eric Moreland who are 6'10, 6'11, Gallinari 6'10, 6'11. So, like, just, the, just initial thoughts looking at the team without seeing them on the court together. This is probably the biggest Thunder team I've seen in a long time. Nice. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, I mean, even you got Baisley, who's what, 6'9? Yeah. Um, yeah. Shea at a point guard is 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, so, there's, yeah, there's a lot of length and, and, and height on that team. That's, Typically a good thing for a basketball team. Yeah, I'd say so. So, awesome. Well, Nick, that's super awesome that you got to do Media Day. Uh, Low-key, I'm kind of jealous. But I'm glad it went well. I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, I'm glad we're able to hop on here so quickly after you got done with Media Day to to just kind of talk about it and and turn out a podcast. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it as well. So you have a safe drive back down to Dallas. Uh, I'm going to pump us some outro music and and get us out of here uh if you guys haven't already subscribed to the uncontested wherever you get your podcast just go hit that subscribe button make sure that you are getting each one of our episodes downloaded to your phone as soon as we drop them coming up our schedule is going to change a little bit as far as when we record with this season uh pretty close to underway even in the preseason we're going to have post-game podcasts so next tuesday night you will have like a 15 to 20 minute pod uh, probably from Taylor, who will be at the OKC verse. I think it's Dallas up in Tulsa. So be on the lookout for that as well. If you haven't already yet today, make sure you go get episode seven of our season preview series. Uh, that one has the Sacramento Kings, the Utah Jazz, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Denver Nuggets. And it was a really, really good uh, interview process with those guys and, and just hearing about those teams. So make sure you go get on that as well. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll probably try to get another short pod here in the next couple of days talking about what we're hearing after some of these practices during training camp. 
So we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you go drop a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. And have a great rest of your week. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.